Hello, travelers. Welcome to today's bonus episode of Terrifying Travels. We are calling this one uh, Terrifying Day Trips or Day Trips. We're not really sure yet. <laughs> if you want to give a name suggestion, just drop it down in the comments below or wherever you find your podcasts, Instagram, Twitter. We would love to take some name suggestions, but this is a little bonus episode of our podcast Terrifying Travels. If you have not listened to our latest episode Beijing Bound, please go give that a listen as well. But today I have a few more stories that I wanted to tell that didn't make it into the main episode, so I thought we would take a day trip back to Beijing and just have a really nice time. My name is Maddie, in case you didn't know that already, and the two stories I have for you today is The Last Bus to Fragrant Hills and The Story of the Painted Skin. So, let's dive into it. The story we're going to start with is The Last Bus to Fragrant Hills. This story happened on November 14, 1995 in Beijing. At midnight, bus 375 pulled out of the Yan Ming Yan bus terminal. This was the last bus of the night and its destination was Xingxian, or Fragrant Hills. On board, there was a driver and a female conductor. The night was bitterly cold and a harsh wind was blowing. It stopped at the south gate next to the summer palace and when the doors opened, four passengers got on. An old lady, a young couple, and a young man. The young couple sat at the front of the bus behind the driver, while the old lady and the boy sat on the other side of the bus beside the doors. As the bus drove through the night, all they could hear was the drone of the engine. It was a quiet, remote area, and there were no other vehicles on the road. After a while, the driver spotted two shadows by the side of the road, waving at the bus. The driver stopped, and when the doors opened, three people got on. There were two men who were supporting a third man between them, holding him up by his shoulders. The man in the middle looked disheveled, and his head was bowed, so nobody could see his face. All three were dressed in traditional Chinese robes from the Qing dynasty, and their faces were deathly pale. The other passengers on the bus were scared and glanced nervously at each other as the driver pulled off and continued down the road. The female conductor tried to calm everyone down by saying, Don't be afraid. They could just be actors shooting a costume drama in the vicinity. Maybe they got drunk after work and forgot to change clothes. The old woman kept turning around and staring at the three strangers who were seated at the back of the bus. There was an eerie silence. None of the passengers said a word. All they could hear was the wind whistling outside. After three or four stops, the young couple got off the bus. The bus driver and the female conductor were chatting and laughing. The old lady suddenly jumped to her feet and hit the young man sitting in front of her. She was shouting and making a huge fuss, telling everyone that he had stolen her purse. The young man stood up and started arguing with her, but the old woman grabbed him by the collar and demanded the driver let them off at the next stop so she could bring him to the police station. The young man was speechless. When the bus stopped, the old lady dragged the young man out. They watched as the bus drove off into the night, and the old lady breathed a sigh of relief. "'Where's the police station?' asked the young man. "'There is no police station,' the old lady replied. "'I just saved your life.' "'What? How did you save my life?' the old man said, puzzled. "'Those three people were ghosts,' the old lady replied. Ever since they got on the bus, I had my doubts about them, so I kept looking back at them. It so happened that there was a wind blowing through the window. 
and I saw everything. It lifted their long robes, and I saw that they had no legs. The young man stared at the old lady in surprise. He started sweating. He couldn't say a word. The old lady called the police and told them what she had seen. The next day, bus 375 failed to report to the station, and had vanished along with the driver and the female conductor. The police searched the entire city, but could find no trace of it. They questioned the old woman and the young man, but they dismissed their story and decided that they were both mentally ill. That night, the Beijing Evening News and the Beijing News reported on the story. The old woman and the young man were both interviewed live on TV. Two days later, the police eventually found the missing bus. It was submerged in the Miyan Reservoir, about 100 kilometers from Fragrant Hills. Inside the bus, they discovered three badly decomposed bodies. The bus driver, the female conductor, and an unidentified man. There are a number of other mysteries surrounding this case. 1. The bus did not have enough gas to drive all the way to the Miyan Reservoir, and when the police opened the petrol tank, they found that it was filled with blood. 2. Even though the bodies were found only two days after they disappeared, they were very badly decomposed. Even if it was summer, the process of decomposition could not be this quick, An autopsy confirmed that there was no intentional meddling with the bodies. How could they decompose so quickly? Number three, the police did a strict inspection of all security camera tapes on each entrance leading to the Maywan Reservoir, but the bus wasn't seen in any of them. In fact, they found nothing out of the ordinary whatsoever. How could the bus get there without being seen? To this day, it remains an unsolved mystery. I really wanted to tell this story in the episode, but it didn't uh, make the cut, unfortunately. It's a little too short, but I remember uh, being at work and my coworker telling me about this story, so I wanted to share with all of you guys and see what you think about the last bus to Fragrant Hills. It's really... It's it's quite a pickle. I don't really know what to think about it. There's just a lot of mystery around it. Um, were they actually ghosts? How did the bodies decompose so fast? Why was the tank filled with blood? Like, what's going on? Um, and so this story has also been dubbed the ghost bus of Beijing. Um, and if you talk to any local Beijinger, they might tell you the story as well. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of share this with you guys, and I hope you're thoroughly spooked <laughs> um, as we hop into our next story, which is the story of the painted skin. This is more of a mythological story, so I really hope you enjoy it. Once upon a time, there lived a man named Wang. One morning, he was out walking when he met a young lady carrying a bundle and hurrying along by herself. As she moved along with some difficulty, Wang quickened his pace and caught up with her and found that she was a pretty girl of about sixteen. Much smitten, he inquired where she was going so early and why no one was with her. A traveler like you, replied the girl, cannot alleviate my distress. Why trouble yourself to ask? What distress is it? said Wang. I'm sure I'll do anything I can for you. My parents, answered she loved money and they sold me as a concubine into a rich family where the wife was very jealous and beat and abused me all morning and night 
It was more than I could stand, so I have run away. Wang asked her where she was going, to which she replied that a runaway had no fixed place of abode. My house, said Wang, is at no great distance. What do you say to coming there? The girl joyfully acquiesced, and Wang, taking up her bundle, led the way to his house. Finding no one there, she asked Wang where his family was, to which he replied that this part of the house was only the library. And a very nice place, too, said she. If you are kind enough to wish to save my life, you mustn't let it be known that I am here. Wang promised that he would not divulge her secret, and so she remained there for some days without anyone knowing about it. He then told his wife, and she, fearing the girl might belong to some influential family, advised him to send her away. This, however, he would not consent to do. One day, going into the town, Wang met a Taoist priest who looked at him in astonishment and asked him what he had met. I have met nothing, replied Wang. Why, said the priest, you are bewitched. What do you mean you have not met anything? But Wang insisted that it was so, and the priest walked away saying, The fool! Some people don't seem to know when death is at hand. This startled Wang, who at first thought of the girl, but then he reflected that a pretty young thing as she couldn't well be a witch, and began to suspect that the priest merely wanted to do a stroke of business. When he returned, the library door was shut, and he couldn't get in, which made him suspect that something was wrong, and so he climbed over the wall, where he found the door to the inner room shut too. Softly creeping up, he looked through the window and saw a hideous devil with a green face and jagged teeth like a saw, spreading a human skin upon a bed and painting it with a paintbrush. The devil then threw aside the brush and, giving the skin a shake-out, just as you would a coat, threw it over its shoulders when, lo, it was the girl. Terrified at this, Wang hurried away with his head down in search of the priest, who he didn't know where he had gone and subsequently found him in the fields where he threw himself on his knees and begged the priest to save him. As to driving her away, said the priest, the creature must be in great distress to be seeking a substitute for herself. Besides, I could hardly endure to injure a living thing. However, he gave Wang a flybrush and bade him hang it at the door of the bedroom, agreeing to meet again at the Ching Ti Temple. Wang went home, but did not dare into the library, so he hung up the brush at the bedroom door and before long heard a sound of footsteps outside. Not daring to move, he made his wife peep out, and she saw the girl standing, looking at the brush, afraid to pass it. She didn't ground her teeth and went away, but in a little while came back and began cursing, saying, "'You priest! You won't frighten me! Do you think I'm going to give up what is already in my grasp?' Thereupon, she tore the brush to pieces, and bursting open the door, walked straight up to the bed, where she ripped open Wang and tore his heart out, with which she went away. Wang's wife screamed out, and the servant came in with a light, but Wang was already dead, and presented a most miserable spectacle. His wife, who was in agony of fright, hardly dared cry for fear of making a noise, and the next day she sent Wang's brother to see the priest. The latter went into a great rage and cried out, was it for this that I had compassion on you, devil that you are? Proceeding at once with Wang's brother to the house, from which the girl had disappeared without anyone knowing where she had gone. But the priest, raising his head, looked all around and said, Luckily, she is not far off. He then asked who lived in the apartments on the south side, to which Wang's brother replied that he did, whereupon the priest declared that she would be found. Wang's brother was horribly frightened and said he did not think so. 
and then the priest asked him if any stranger had been to his house. To this he answered that he had been out at the temple and couldn't possibly say, but he went off to inquire, and in a little while came back and reported that an old woman had sought service with them as a maid of all work, and had been engaged with his wife. "'That is she!' said the priest, as Wang's brother added that she was still there, and they could all set off to the house together. Then the priest took out a wooden sword, and standing in the middle of the courtyard shouted, "'Base-born fiend, give me back my flybrush!' Meanwhile, the new maid of all work was in a great state of alarm, and tried to get away through the door, but the priest struck her down, and she fell, the human skin dropping off to reveal her true form. There she lay grunting like a pig until the priest grasped his wooden sword and cut off her head. She then became a dense column of smoke curling up from the ground, when the priest took an uncorked gourd and threw it right into the midst of the smoke. A second noise was heard and the whole column was drawn into the gourd, after which the priest corked it up and put it in his pouch. The skin, too, which was complete even with eyebrows, eyes, hands, and feet, he also rolled up as if it had been a scroll. It was on the point of leaving with it, and with tears in her eyes, entreated him to bring her husband back to life. The priest said that he was unable to do that, but Wang's wife flung herself at his feet, and with loud lamentations implored his assistance. For some time he remained at a mercy in thought, and then replied, my power is not equal to what you ask. I myself cannot raise the dead, but I will direct you to someone who can, and if you apply to him properly, you will succeed. Wang's wife then asked the priest who it was, to which he replied, There is a maniac in the town who passes his time groveling in the dirt. Go prostrate yourself before him and beg him to help you. If he insults you, show no signs of anger. Wang's brother knew the man to whom he alluded, and accordingly bid the priest adieu, proceeded there with his sister-in-law. They found the destitute creature raving away by the roadside, so filthy that it was all they could do to go near him. Wang's wife approached him on her knees, at which the maniac glared at her and cried out, "'Do you love me, my beauty?' Wang's wife told him what she had come for, but he only laughed and said, "'You can get plenty of other husbands. Why raise the dead one to life?' But Wang's wife entreated him to help her, whereupon he observed, It's very strange. People apply to me to raise their dead, as if I was the king of hell. He then gave Wang's wife a thrashing with his staff, which she bore without a murmur and before a gradually increasing crowd of spectators. After this, he produced a loathsome pill, which he told her she must swallow, but here she broke down and was quite unable to do so. However, she did manage it at last, and then the maniac, crying out, "'How oh, you do love me!' got up and went away without taking any more notice of her. They followed him into a temple with loud supplications, but he had disappeared, and with every effort to find him was unsuccessful. Overcome with rage and shame, Wang's wife went home, where she mourned bitterly over her dead husband, grievously repenting the steps she had taken and wishing only to die. She then bethought herself of preparing the corpse, near which none of the servants would venture, and set to work to close up the frightful wound of which he had died. While thus employed, interrupted from time to time by her sobs, she felt a rising lump in her throat, which by and by came out with a pop, and fell straight into the dead man's wound. Looking closely at it, she saw it was a human heart, and then it began to throb and emit a warm vapor-like smoke. Much excited, she at once covered the flesh over it and held the sides of the wounds together with all her might. 
Very soon, however, she got tired, and finding the vapor escaping from the crevices, she tore up a piece of silk and bound it around her husband, at the same time bringing back circulation by rubbing the body and covering up with clothes. In the night, she removed the coverings and found that her husband was breathing again, and by the next morning, her husband was fully alive again, though disturbed in the mind as if awakening from a dream and feeling a pain in his heart. And that is the story of the painted skin. Happy, happy ending, happy ending. As all, as most Chinese myths are, they tend to end pretty happily, or they just tend to have a good ending. And they, as most mythological stories, most legends, they tend to have a lesson uh, wrapped up in them. Um, I think this one is like, don't let strangers in your house. Just straight up, don't let strangers in your house. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that is it for our day trip. I hope you really enjoyed these two stories. I have to give a huge shout out to Bizarre Beijing. I contacted them on WeChat and they referred me to these two stories for this podcast. So thank you so much to Bizarre Beijing for giving me these two stories and to present to you guys. So, thanks for listening and stay terrified. Ciao!